Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. This is a fun topic. Uh, what we're going to be focusing on today are, I mean, Julie has these as rules, but really what these are are questions that you must have answered prior to going on a listing appointment. And, That's right. And we've called this historically because we've presented this information, but we did just update it for today's podcast. We've presented this uh, previously on our, because really this information is relevant. No, you know, it's been relevant for decades, yeah. but really what it is, is don't go if you don't know. That's yes. how, you know, so <laughs> don't go on a listing appointment until you know the answers to these questions. That's right. So we're going to do three secrets. Then we're going to get to those questions. Secret number one, we're going to go through this fairly quickly because you can get all of the notes simply by scrolling down. Actually, for maybe sometimes, you know, I have to remember, remind myself that people might be listening to us for the first time because a lot of our podcasts get shared. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So when you want to have a complete uh, outline of what we're presenting, it's always in the show notes. You can find the show notes if you're on iTunes, just click down and scroll down. Now, the problem with iTunes and sometimes Spotify and Stitcher and all the others is they edit our notes and only allow half the notes. So if you want to see all the notes, they're sitting over at timandjulieharris.com. And then all the show notes for all of our podcasts are there. So again, if you want to have these notes to use for your own reference in the future, maybe you're running a team or brokerage, what have you, they're there waiting for you. And while you're there, remember to check out the link to join Premier Coaching for free. Again, scroll down. The link to join Premier Coaching is right there. We talk about it every day on the podcast because it is the nation's number one selling uh, coaching program. Thousands of agents have joined in the last 12 months. Well, why? It's because they want to be part of a community of like-minded people that are making this market their market. They're not going to get sucked into the negativity of the news and all the rest of it. They're really drilling down. They're focusing on what they can do to be of service to other people and make the most of what this market has to offer, which is, by the way, more abundance you can possibly imagine. So join Premier Coaching. The link is below. And yes, that does include a daily semi-private coaching call with a Harris certified coach. Or if you'd like, you can just go to premiercoaching.com. But the easy button is just to scroll down, click the link, or go to premiercoaching.com. That's right. So three secrets and then on to our points. Secret number one, a great listing pre-qualification script pulls out all the critical facts. That's basically what our outline is based on, is the seller's pre-qualification. Why do you do that? So that you can best be prepared to not just take the listing, but also to price it right in the first place. Not pre-qualifying is unprofessional and can waste your time in there. So always pre-qualify 100% of the time. Price it to sell, not to sit. And again, pre-qualification script on level one of uh, Premier Coaching. And it is a script that it is, again, conversation outline. Conversation outline. We don't want to cause any script panic attacks. Right. Some of you, I don't read scripts. I don't use scripts. Okay, got it. So let's not call it a script. (laughs) We're going to call it a conversation outline. But the way we've written it is so that you can, you know, read the script. And then there's an answer where you can write in what the seller actually says. You know, making it conversational. And making it easy. You. Okay. So secret number two, the best price reduction conversation is the one you never have to have. Yep. All pricing scripts are best used at the listing table. So we'll talk about that a little bit more later, just giving them some prequel here. But again, let's edit that ever so slightly. You don't want to have, just to really emphasize the secret, is you don't want to have anything that's going to be stressful happen when you're at the listing table when right. you're at the seller's house. 
And so one of the things, and we're going to get into the detail of this in a second, is we want you to send a pre-listing pack ahead of time. Premier coaching clients, make sure you've gotten your pre-listing pack done. I love it when they post pictures of their pre-listing pack. Yeah, me too. You know, when they, when they put, because our, we have a private, a members only Facebook page. And when they post pictures of their done, completed pre-listing pack, uh, it's very exciting. And we give you a template. It's part of the Premier Coaching Program. Mm -hmm. But inside, so we want you to take the pre-listing pack. We want you to put it in a tie-back envelope. We want you to put a bright fluorescent sticker on the outside that says caution contents of this uh, package make uh, will cause your home to sell. It's kind of a joke, but you know people like it. But we also want you to include in there a CMA with three different pricing outcomes. We want you to include three different net sheets. We want you to include the listing paperwork with a bunch of stickers that says sign here, sign here, sign here, and include all of that with your pre-listing pack. So, and that arrives at the seller's door prior to you arriving at the seller's door. That way, when the, you get there, the seller has already looked through your pre-listing pack, know what you're going to do to sell the home, knows the different scenarios as far as pricing, what their net's going to be. And at that point, you're just essentially tying the bow on it and you're ready to go. And I'll tell you what will happen. And the first time this happens to you, Premier Coaching Clients, um, we celebrate with you. You're going to walk to a seller's door. You're going to be ready to, you know, put on your cat and monkey show, knock on the door, ring, ring. You're going to walk in. They're going to say the paperwork's right there. They already signed the listing paperwork. They have no intent of hosting you for the next 15 or 20 minutes or an hour. No, they're not going to argue with you. Nope. They're not going to throw you a bunch of objections. It's going to be easy peasy. However, that is only assuming that you actually follow the process. And you walk out with the listing paperwork. Yep. And you're not going to have to have a presentation. They've already decided to list it with you just because you took a professional approach. You think that I'm overselling it. I am not. And how do I know? Because we experienced it, but so have thousands of our coaching clients. That is called really being professional. And when the seller sees somebody that's taking the approach that we coach you guys to take, they're going to want to naturally choose you over the other agents that showed up in flip-flops 20 minutes late. You guys get the point? <laughs> or the, I mean, sometimes they'd actually cancel the other agent's appointments too. It's yep. all good. It's fine. Okay. Last secret here. Do not lose the listing of a motivated have to sell seller over price. Don't go to the mat and then walk away saying, I walked away from it because they wanted their price. If they have to sell, you have to take the listing. Someone is going to make a commission. Shouldn't it be you? And we'll talk about how to strategize if they are a little bit higher than you are. Okay, so proper previous planning prevents pitifully poor pricing. Don't go to your next listing appointment unless you know, number one, don't go if you don't know what the seller wants, needs, or thinks it's worth. Pricing the home correctly in the first place prevents future price reduction drama. It's not unusual for a homeowner to believe that their home should fetch a price higher than the comps. You all know that. You should always find out how they arrived at, quote, their price. How did they arrive at that price? Find out before you arrive at the appointment so you can better strategize, explain, and consider how to ultimately price the home. And that, by the way, is part of the pre-qualification script. Some of you are living in fear of just the whole pricing thing, and you'll never, yeah. like, how much better would you feel going on listing appointments if you already knew what the seller thought the house was worth prior to getting there? Because I have news for you listeners, every seller on planet Earth has an opinion of what their property is worth. Yes. So it's all about knowing how to ask the question, and it leads to, remember, the seller pre-qualification script is like, what, 15 different questions or something? Yes, and we're not going to do that all on this call, nope. or on this podcast. Okay, so there is a script, though, when they tell you a too high price. Not that that ever happens, like every time. Okay, that's interesting, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. How did you arrive at that price? Then you're going to listen carefully. And I, again, this is updated from the last time we did this. Secret number one, sellers overprice out of their ignorance or their arrogance. Even in a hot seller's market, there is aspirational pricing. 
you can or they can price it too high. Now, ignorance is very curable because that's when they just don't know how to price a home. They're not supposed to know. That's your job. Square feet actually matters. Bedrooms, bathrooms, views, condition. Arrogance is when they just won't listen to comps and have reasons other than real value to try to justify their price. Now, I'm going to give you a secret number 1A. If they have to sell... And arrogance is also ego, and they yeah. are stuck on the belief that their house is worth more because their gold-plated toilet and their misaligned tile. Because it's know, their house. Because it's their house. <laughs> right. But they have to sell. You're going to list it overpriced at their price, but you're going to essentially set the uh, – Mr. Seller, listen, I appreciate the fact that you know you feel the house is worth more than what the market is telling us. Not the CMA, not, not my, my CMA. Price. Right. So yeah. I appreciate the fact that, you, that uh, Mr. Seller and I have been through the property. You're right. Your backyard's phenomenal. Um, so let's just do this. Let's go ahead and list it at the price that you've suggested um, because I can see where you're coming up with your numbers now that I've actually been to the house. But let's agree after every, you know, after two weeks or 10 showings, whichever comes first, adjust accordingly, listeners, if you don't actually have a written verified offer on your property, that we will agree to reposition the property uh, at essentially so that it reflects the actual buyer's expectations. So the key word is, the key words are reposition the property on the market so it reflects the buyer's expectations. You're not telling them to lower the price. Because if you tell anybody, a seller especially, to lower their price, you're probably not going to get the listing. And you nope. might only not only not get the listing, but you know you might get yelled at. So you got to be very, very careful. Diplomatic. Exactly. Because pricing is a stressful thing for most people. Mm -hmm. Just because of most of the times they don't want to be told they're wrong, even if they know in the heart of hearts, and they'll tell you this after they close, by the way, that the uh, you know the the gold plated toilet added no, no value to the property. They're just seeing if they could get it. Exactly, yeah. and they'll tell you that too, which is funny. <laughs> Secret number two. Secret number two. Sometimes, again, we're talking about finding out what they think it's worth. Sometimes, especially in a low inventory market, your potential seller client may actually know about comparable sales that you didn't capture private sales for sale by owners that were successful in the neighborhood and other sales not found in your MLS, maybe flippers or something else was going on. Off-market stuff. Off-market stuff. They could actually be good comparables. So ask good questions and don't just assume that your seller is a crazy, crazy overpriced seller. So Mr. Seller, listen, I'm going to be spending a few hours on your CMA. It's basically like a real estate agent's version of an appraisal. So help me choose the houses that I should be using as comparables to yours. What properties have you seen sell in your market in, say, the last 6 to 12 months, or you know maybe yesterday, that you thought were similar to yours? And there's this is all part of the pre-qualification script, and that was a condensed version of it. And even if this, I'll give you some advanced coaching. If the seller is apprehensive to give you any comps, 99.9% um, .9 of the time it's because what they they know what they think is aspirational, i.e. overpriced. In other words, if they won't give you a uh, hypothetical comparable for what they think their property is worth, now granted, it could just be ignorance. They don't know, but most likely they do. And it's some inflated price and they know it's inflated and they don't want to, you know, they're just wanting to play their cards. But don't assume that they don't have a price in their head, which is where the script comes in. Right. So maybe you went through the house during an open house or a Christmas party last year or something like that. So what properties have you seen that you thought I should be considering as a comparable for your property? And then the key is to shut up and let them tell you. Because it works so well. Why does that work? See, this is why I know I'm going to use the word script, but conversational <laughs> outlines work. Because now you're taking a seller who might say, well, that's why I'm having you here. It's your job to price it, okay? So when you say which homes which are most similar to your, your home should I use as comps, every seller wants to say to you, they're dying to say, well, the house around the corner was like mine, but mine's better. 
Yeah, of course. They're dying to tell you that. Yeah. This script gets them to tell you that. The, the, the people that have the most problems with pricing, or frankly, the most problems with sellers that aren't in agreement with their CMAs or analytical people because you guys are going to waste way too much time yeah. trying to be right and then you're going to end up being wrong because somebody else is going to get the listing. That's right. So more don't do that. That's why you're listening. Okay. Point number two, don't go if you don't know the average days on the market for properties like your subject property. This helps to set both your expectations and the homeowners. Now, not just for your town or even zip code, but for their neighborhood, their school district, their MLS code. Don't forget new construction. Yeah, well, that's a future point. Don't, uh, okay, so drill down as best you can to understand the days in the market for the homes as similar to theirs as possible. Sometimes even the style of home can make a difference. There are neighborhoods where if it is a ranch one floor plan, you know, no upstairs, no downstairs, that it's actually worth more than a two-story, worth more than a split level or a buyer level. You have to know. This is why I recommend taking an appraisal class because you'll learn about all those comparisons, right? So drill down as best you can and don't be too broad. Just because your town has an average days in the market still of 16 doesn't mean that this neighborhood does. Especially as you go up market, the more expensive stuff, more competition, more new construction, maybe that one has an average of 90 days. You need to know. And again, this is called, like, there are how in every community, like Julie and I's first house, we lived on uh, 280 East Jeffrey. Well, 280 East Jeffrey and all of that side of, the, of uh, the street, basically, were not expensive houses. I mean, we were 22 and 23 when we you know, bought our first house. Uh, but now, uh, 280 West Jeffrey, those were mansions. You know? Yes, but you know you wouldn't know unless you knew your stuff, right? right? So, so if you were uh, not doing, if if you used a comp that was on, you know, West Jeffrey opposed to East Jeffrey, and you're using cost per square foot, then all of a sudden your number is going to be completely wrong, even though they're a tenth of a mile apart. Exactly. You know all these little nuances. Okay, so don't know if don't go if you don't know the list to sell price ratio. That is the difference between the final list price and the final close price. This helps you to combat the thought that price it high and let them negotiate objection. Or it helps you know if you can price it right on the mark and expect to get slightly more. So for example, are homes selling on average of 105% of list price that are like your subject property? Or are sellers in the subject neighborhood typically settling at about 95% of list price? You've got to know that so you can tell the seller this, this is what we can expect based on the most recent comps. And that is a moving target these days. Mm -hmm. Okay. Point number four, don't go if you don't know the number of homes competing with your subject property. I have recently had several coaching calls with agents who have been in the business more than five years, 10 years, some of them, who have had a great run of things. Hot seller's market, you throw it out there, no competition, you're going to get your price, multiple offers, well, it's all fun and games, right? Okay, now, recently, some of your markets have shifted, especially in Austin, Dallas, Phoenix, Chicago, some of you guys actually have competition now. Not everywhere. So this is why you've got to watch your hot sheet, know what's hot and what's not. Okay, so you have to know what you're competing against. What are you up against? How would it compare in the eyes of the buyer? If you're showing your new listing versus its competition, do you look priced right, overpriced, or priced so well that you'd be dying to write an offer and snap it up? By the way, you're also going to want to, uh, when you take the listing, you're going to want to make sure you're updating your knowledge base, answering that question in particular on a regular basis, because yes. the worst thing that can happen is this, and you can set up systems to basically do this for you. We teach you how to do that in Premier Coaching. But the worst thing that can happen is the seller has more up-to-date market knowledge than you do, right? Yes. And, and you know, the thing is, the most motivated sellers are the ones that do that stuff. And they can use, again, 
Zillow or one of these other little places to basically gather enough information to make them dangerous. Yes, it's true. So don't let them know more than you do. Okay, here's a secret. Now, related to this point, what are you competing against? If you are the only home on the market in the entire zip code or MLS code, you can price it probably higher than you can if there's seven other competing homes, all within the same neighborhood, basically the same size and age. In that case, you need to be staged better and priced better than your competition or you'll be the one who's stuck doing price reduction calls in about 60 days. Or most likely in this market, you'll be fired because- Or be fired before because you even the, get there. Because the seller had unrealistic expectations of how fast the house was going to sell. And when you didn't sell it in 22 seconds because you didn't use our pre-listing pack, because you didn't actually do it, take a professional approach, you didn't essentially set the seller's expectations through this new market, they're going to fire you. Because they've sold five houses before during the hot seller's market. And all those houses sold themselves with competing offers. And now I just listed with, with you, you, Bob, and you didn't sell it. You know, it's not, there's nothing wrong with my house, my price, my condition, my location. It's you, Bob. You're bye fired. Bye. bye, Bob. Exactly. Okay, here's another secret. And I've mentioned this a few times. The next time you have to do continuing education, take an appraisal class. This will help you become more confident in your pricing. It will show you multiple ways of arriving at the correct price. Caution, don't just use cost per square foot to arrive at the right price. That is one way, but it's not the only way. All right, point number five. Uh, we've been dealing with a lot of this, this pricing stuff because of the market shift. Okay, so point number five, don't go if, until you know, is there new construction in the area that competes with your potential listing? Now, remember, when builders provide in-house financing, which almost all of them are these days, they can often sell a more expensive home for the same payment as your resale. If there are new homes going up, be certain to visit them, tour them, understand the builder perks and the financing before you go to your listing appointment. Now, you might think, here's an example, okay, for uh, a resale home for $350,000 might actually be competing with new construction as high as $500,000. So you might think, well, my resale is three fifty, dollars and the new construction is five hundred. dollars they're not competing. Well, they might be if the builder has buy-downs and in-house financing with incentives that reduce the mortgage interest rate down by a percentage point or even two points, which makes the payment the same. Know what's going on with new construction. Have the new build salespeople explain their different mortgage plans to you. Ask lots of questions, including, this is my favorite question for new build reps, I'm curious what happens when you have new build clients who need to sell their old house. Now, we've done a ton of past podcasts on working with new construction and yes. new construction builders. And in our premier coaching program, obviously, we offer a lot more drill down information. Use the information there is zero chance the new construction and new build opportunities aren't going to be the hottest sector of residential real estate, yes. probably for the foreseeable future. Point number six. It is. So don't ignore it. Okay. Point number six. Don't go until you know what the seller's actual time frame is. Ideally, when does this need to sell and close by? Here's the secret. If they don't actually have a time frame, you may have a problem. The less motivated they are, the higher they may wish to price it. So that's a recipe for a tough relationship. Well, we're going to add a little bit of content to that. So oftentimes, the most motivated sellers, they'll tell you what their motivation is. I mean, they'll absolutely tell you. But you will occasionally get a seller that doesn't want you to know what their motivation is yeah. for whatever reason. And it might just be because they have something going on that embarrasses them and they don't feel like they should tell you, even though they should. But it might be also because they are in their minds overanalyzing and thinking that if you know what my motivation is, you're going to use that against me and you're going to get me to take an offer I don't want or just all these convoluted type things. In our seller pre-qualifying script, we don't just ask, we don't have you ask using the you know conversation outline. 
that question one different way, we have it in there three different ways because we want you to truly know what the seller's motivation is. So Mr. Seller, um, once this property sells, where are you going next? Oh, I'd rather not say, we don't know. Okay, I understand. Move on to the next question. And then Mr. So Mr. Seller, if this property uh, were to sell in the next 30 days or less, would that create a problem for you? Hmm. See how that's the same question a different way. Right. And then they're going to say, you know, yes, no, maybe so. Okay, then perfect. So uh, once this property sells, where are you going next? Ideally, how soon do you want it to be there? See, we need to know their motivation. And if they present as having no motivation, um, frankly, I don't think that's going to even happen very frequently, but if they do, it's sometimes because they literally are just throwing a spitball against a wall and seeing if it sticks. Well, so I have a little twist on that, which is when they act all coy about that and they may not actually have a reason who, who knows, right? Not, that's so rare though. It's so rare. But then you can check them on their motivation. You can say, well, I can appreciate that, you know, if it sells, it sells, if it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't really have a time frame. but just so we're clear, if this doesn't sell till say like, December, 2025, you're cool with that. And then they almost always will be like, oh no, no, we really need to be out by Christmas. You test them on their motivation. So you're the ones that will be a little sketch on the motivations. And this is another question, a seller pre-qualifying script that you must ask prior to going to the appointment is like, if they're, so if this property doesn't sell, do you have a plan B? And what you might discover, they're also thinking about renting. Oh, I'm stepping on your point nine. <laughs> That's okay. They're also, okay, well, I'll let Julie get back to her notes. That's okay. But you got to use the script when you're talking to sellers so that you do not go on a listing appointment until you have all the other, th these questions answered. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to be doing all this fancy. Tap dancing. Exactly, at the listing appointment. And you're always going to be nervous. And that's how your appointments end up being like four hours long and you walk away with no signature. Right. Okay, so next point. Don't go until you know, are they listing and buying or just listing? That's related to the previous point. What happens, you know, when it sells? Is there a referral needed for where they're moving to, perhaps? Are they already in contract on something? Is there more than one transaction for you to help them with? It's amazing how many agents don't do both sides because they don't ask that question. Okay, point number nine. Don't go if you don't know what happens. This is what you are wandering into. What happens if it doesn't sell or if they don't get, quote, their price is keeping the house an option. That's so, a really important question. One of the other things, and I know in some states you can find this out easily from public records, is you want to know what they owe. Now, I realize that most people on paper should have a ton of equity right now, but they may have refinanced it all out. They may have actually- That's happening right now. Yeah. Exactly. So you're going to want to know what they owe. And there might be a second mortgage. You don't see those a lot nowadays, but there could be. Want to find out what they owe because their price might be attached to the mortgage payoffs. You guys get it? home equity lines of credit, stuff like that. Now, here's another thing. When you ask is keeping the house an option, especially those of you who are in resort markets, VRBO markets, mm -hmm. that is in the back of their mind. If they're thinking about perhaps turning it into a rental property, short or long term, you should also do your research. Remember, this is ideally before you show up. Do your research about what a home like theirs is actually renting for. Can they break even or make money on the potential lease payment, or would they be losing every month? You can see how it would affect your strategy and pricing depending on what you find out. So you listeners should know that you can go to, Julie knows about this because we were thinking about buying a property in uh, Carmel by the sea out in California, beautiful area. Anyway, so we are doing some homework. Um, we wouldn't use it for very maybe two weeks of the year during car week and just would be what it was. 
how much would we rent, be able to rent this for? How frequently would it be rented? And Julie was able to get into VRBO, find similar properties, and essentially run what it amounted to the history on the rental history on that property and kind of figure out what the cash flow would be. So if you've got yeah. a seller who's thinking about, well, I'll just rent my property out if I can't sell it. Well, you know, here's a property similar to yours, and here's actually what the cash flow is. And what we found consistently was all of them were horrible VRBOs. Well, that's true. And in fact, uh, I was impressed with VRBO. They actually called me back and offered to run a really particular analysis on homes that were within six streets with the same square footage and their actual rental history based on what was happening in the city and all of these things. I mean, you actually can drill down and get the facts. A lot of times what you said is true. The seller has like this backup plan. I'll just keep it as a rental but they haven't actually done the math on that. right? And that's also true if it's not a VRBO market and they're just thinking about making a traditional rental. Well, when you factor in, even if it's half paid off, even if it's fully paid off, you've got property taxes and HOA and maintenance and it's gonna be vacant part of the time and somebody's gonna mow the lawn, somebody's gotta take care of the pool. So my clients in Phoenix have this, this issue with tenants not taking care of pools. It's not hassle-free, okay? And it's not cost-free. So when you do the analysis and ask the question, I mean, have you considered what it would actually mean to be a landlord on a property like this? Well, another famous, well, I think, Julie, a homegrown line is, do you really want to be subsidizing the tenant's lifestyle? <laughs> right, I especially mean, in the more expensive Well, stuff. it's because you're going to have negative cash flow on the property. And if you have it, like if you're, you know, I'm going to rent it out if I can. Okay, well, how, you're going to be negative by how much a month? $1,000? So you're essentially subsidizing the tenant's lifestyle. Is that in your budget? <laughs> right? Well, because... You know, it's your job to run the numbers. You're the real estate professional. All the sellers got is some, you know, kind of wackadoo model in their mind that maybe we could turn it into a rental. We'll keep it for a while. And maybe, you know, I hear about this VRBO thing. They haven't necessarily done the math. Exactly. And by the so, way, VRBOs are a great place to go for listing opportunities because a lot yeah. of the sellers who owners who bought those properties thinking that they were, you know, you know, Home essentially renting the, exactly. They're, they're going to make billions off their VRBO, uh, you know, inventory. They have a lot more competition since COVID. And they're discovering that not only are they not cash flow, but they're actually losing immense amounts of money. And now that they're not necessarily as confident that the properties are going to continue to inflate at the same rate, a lot of those would be, you know, VRBO moguls are more than happy to get rid of those properties. Yeah. And don't forget a lot of towns as well as, um, you know, buildings when it's like a condo high rise, are putting in place laws against doing VRBOs. So that's a very motivated seller as soon as that gets voted in. Well, I mean, going, going back to Carmel by the Sea, if you're actually in Carmel by the Sea, you can't do short-term rentals. Nope. And if you're outside of Carmel by the Sea, but you're in Carmel, they pay, I don't you know if this rule stayed in place. You can, but you have to pay a, a tax. A, a tax every on, and a registration fee. For every tenant. Yeah. So, so every that's time fine. every time it turns over for some Otherwise unknown, they can find you. Right. For some unknown reason, every time your property turns over, you, gotta you, pay. you have to pay. Like what? Yeah. So, you know, the thing is a lot of sellers get tired of that. And when you're doing it on the front end of a potential listing appointment where that's maybe the backup plan, they, they may or may not even know about all of that stuff. This is where you've got to have all of the skill and the knowledge. Knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. That, and, and then ultimately, if maybe it does half make sense, you can always list it for lease at the same time you list it for sale and whichever happens first, Mr. or Mrs. Seller, we can have a decision to make. You can either shoot it down or you can accept it. So what's the bottom line? Don't go to any listing appointment without having the answers to the 10 points that we discussed. Knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear. You'll present way more confidently and walk away with not only the listing, 
but also the seller's trust that you've got their back. Start out the relationship right if you expect to have a great relationship long-term, including their repeat and referral business. So guys, thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. We love the fact that so many of you are so appreciative of the difference with the content that we provide for all of you every single day. I mean, we've got over 2,000 past podcasts on iTunes and YouTube and all the rest of it, but I have a little secret for you guys. There's actually over 5,000 past podcasts, but iTunes and whatnot only shows 2,000. So they're all there ready for you to listen. If you want to binge on our past podcasts, it is a great opportunity for you to get, frankly, a really great education for free. For those of you who are ready to go to the next level, which is all of you, you should be seriously considering moving forward with Premier Coaching. We've made that pathway forward very easy for you because you can join now for free. Click the link in the show description below, or if you'd like, you can just go to premiercoaching.com. In the meantime, thank you for getting this, the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Have a fantastic day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.